Pastor Dan's not here. His last hurrah vacation, and he's the one that always makes us work out, up and down. Uh, but I, I just really, I want to speak to you, and I want you really to um, hear what I have to say. As your pastor, the Holy Spirit spoke to me in a very unique way for today. He prophetically has been speaking to me about this church. He's been prophetically speaking to me about our future. And it is a joyous thing. In this series of uh, being an overcomer, I want you to recognize what God is, is endeavoring to do. And Pastor Angel, this is for the Spanish church too is what he's endeavoring to do is to very uniquely bring healing and restoration and revelation into each one of our lives so that when we leave these, this building, there's a unique thing that we do, how we live our lives. The enemy has come in with specific things, as we've talked about in this series of being an overcomer, and many wonderful people, I'm not saying you, 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 but let's just say us. Many wonderful people are doing fabulous things in life. But there are things in our life that have hindered us. And these specifics that I'm talking about is something that you and I have to recognize and break through. Today, God spoke to my heart. Well, it's been a while, but today, specifically last night, before I went to bed and prayed for you, the Lord said, today, freedom is going to explode. It's going to just, just explode and move quickly forward for you. And so see that, understand that, uh, recognize that, and allow the Spirit of the living God to speak to you today. Today, you're going to hear a journey of what it takes to overcoming a life of unforgiveness and moving into a life of forgiveness. I will speak to you about some of the things that we have stated in the last couple series, but we're going to take a journey, and as I'm teaching, I want you to experience uh, the very beginning of understanding of this to the very end, at the end and conclusion, you're going to really understand God's heart, your heart, and you're going to be able to do this thing and overcome um, the hurt and the tragedy that has come from people really hurting you and unforgiveness becoming a, a place in your life that you've put off in the corner because most of your life you're just, you're just the most amazing people in the world. And I want to tell you, this this series speaks to me as well as speaks to anybody. If you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ, this will speak to you. This will draw you to a loving Father. If you're here and you're just born again, some of you, I, I see some of you, and you are because I led some of you to the Lord. I want you to recognize is this is just for you. And if you've been here for years and you've known the Lord for decades after decades, this is for you too. Today is a day of true freedom because we understand 
God's heart. Let's pray. Father, let this word be established in our heart. Let this word be a word that is so clear in our spirit that our spirit now will overrule anything from the past that has hindered us from walking in the fullness of the kingdom of God. And I give you praise, Lord, for what you are doing at Valley Community Church and your people. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you as you were seated. Happy birthday, Danielle. Praise the Lord. We just got a lot of birthdays in November. And uh, so it's, it's good. Mark this date on your Bible, November 18th. It's going to be a day that you know your life has been changed. Again, when we become born again, our birthright is victory in Christ. Jesus did not die on the cross so we can cope with the challenges in life. Jesus died and rose again, which gave us ability to conquer. Every area of your life today, you have an ability to conquer. Nothing can hinder you from God's plan. That is the promise of God. The question we answered is not what things we should forgive, like a list, but the truth is in all things, forgive. In all things, forgive. Matthew 18 says this, Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? Up to seven times, which covered the aspect of the commandments. And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven which was the years that Israel was punished for their, their sin and the reality of that what Jesus was saying, all things are forgivable. Ephesians 4.26 says, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Now, last week, we gave you three sayings about forgiveness. Let's go over that again, because we are on a journey of understanding what unforgiveness is, and then what forgiveness is, and then we're going to find out how do we forgive, especially with the emotions that we have regarding the situation in our life. The person of unforgiveness damages a vessel it is stored in worse than anything that person, or you can spit it on. Unforgiveness damages us, and forgiveness changes us. Have you ever known someone that, that prayed and said, God, would you change? I want to change. I want to be better. I want to do this. I want, you know, and all the different emotional things that are good. But the reality is change never happens I would recommend to you is because unforgiveness is deep-seated in their heart. They want change in their home. They want change in their business, their job. Unforgiveness is a seed 
of creating difficulty. Forgiveness does not make the one who offended you them right. It just makes me free. Forgiveness is for the forgiver, not the forgivee. So you have to understand when you are living your life and, and there's a time that you need to forgive, it's not because of the other person, it's really because of you. Relationship makes it, you know, where it meshes together. But in essence, the spiritual truth of forgiveness comes from the very heart of God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. But in essence, God so loved the world and he forgave them through Christ. It's the essence of who you are, forgiveness. Love and forgiveness. Forgiveness is one of the most self-loving things you will ever do. If, if there is a gift that you want to give to yourself, you know, one day I'm going to buy that for me. If there's a gift you want to give to yourself, forgiveness is the greatest gift you could ever give yourself. Forgiving someone else is the greatest gift you can give you. We're going to find out why. Healing and change has forgiveness as an ingredient. Yesterday, I, I, early morning, we had a lot going on. And so because of Ryan's birthday, Pastor Ryan's birthday, which was the 16th, um, I went ahead and, and made him one of his favorite things, a prime rib. And so I got up early in the morning and, or last night and seasoned it and did all the different things, all the ingredients. I just want to tell you, it tasted really good because I gave it to him, but I cut off a little bit of it. But, but anyways, you must understand that if you are going to walk in health and walk in a life that constantly changes to the better with Christ, forgiveness always has an ingredient of it. There is always a time in your life, there are times and seasons in your life that forgiveness is an ingredient you need to put into your life by forgiving others that will keep you where your life, watch this, tastes good. Forgiveness is the mother of all issues in our Christian walk. If we don't forgive we won't be healed, period. We then carry the scar for the rest of our lives until we forgive. Now, we have to pause there again because there's always that extreme. You don't lose your salvation because you walk in for unforgiveness, but you lose fellowship with the Lord. You lose the blessing of fellowship with the Lord. And, but what happens when you lose that fellowship, then the kingdom of God cannot be fulfilled in your life. The, the blessings of the kingdom of God is because unforgiveness has brought bondage. It is a tool of the enemy to bring bondage into your life. In the Lord's prayer, he said this, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven 
our debtors. That's very important. What he was saying, he says, we need to understand how important forgiving is by understanding how much God forgave us. That's the deal. You are given as much grace as you give away regarding your decision in forgiveness. In the teaching, Jesus gives us how to pray. Uh, Forgiveness is the only thing Jesus repeats. Matthew 6 says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Forgiveness, according to this, is conditional on the fact that we would forgive. So we, went, we took you to a, a story in the Bible in Matthew 18 of the kingdom of heaven. And remember, Jesus says that this is like a certain king who wanted to set the accounts with his servants. One owed 10,000 talents, which the Bible tells us something that he couldn't repay. I'm going to tell you why he couldn't repay, because I was kind of messing with you last week. I'm going to give you the real figure of what this is for today. And the king forgave him. One talent was 60 to 70 pounds of silver, and it was 10,000 talents he owed. That's $3 billion. So what Jesus was telling a story of how important and how huge forgiveness is or walking in for unforgiveness is to God the Father. Jesus told a story uh, a guy and the king and, and the amount he, sh- he couldn't repay. And this is the point of the story. The king forgave him and the man goes out and finds a fellow servant who owed $20,000. Let me explain this so you really see it. The king, the master, could have hired, watch this, 200,000 men to work for him for a year with the forgiven money. Do you see how huge that is? The one forgiven goes out and and beats the servant that owed him 20,000 and the servant begs him to forgive and he says no. So the other servants run and tell the master. And I put this as a point because I, I want you to follow it. This is how God sees unforgiveness with this story. Church, this Jesus is explaining Father God's heart regarding forgiveness and unforgiveness in this story. If I stopped here, we have enough. But I'm going to go a little bit further. And I'm going to show you uh, some real uh, clues in the Bible that really helps us How do I forgive? Regarding forgiveness, we are so different than God even though we want to be like him because we have a soulish nature. We have a nature that gets hurt. We have a nature that gets rejected. We have a nature that that, uh, gets offended. We have a nature that gets bitter. We have a nature that gets so bitter that if everyone just does everything perfect, we still won't accept it. Do you know anybody like that? That they're so angry 
they don't know how to live their life. In Psalm 103, verse 8, it speaks of the heart of God, the one who forgives, but also sees unforgiveness as such an awful thing that he's very strong and has zero tolerance on unforgiveness. Look at who he is. The Lord is merciful and gracious. He's slow to anger, and he's abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins. You see in that, every time it talks about forgiveness and forgiveness, it always goes back to, do you not realize what you've been forgiven of? Do you not realize, it's like the guy who owed $3 billion was forgiven. Do you not realize, I could not pay my debt to God. I couldn't do it, neither could you. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities, and iniquities are the inner, the decisions we make of sinning. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him, respect him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him, for he knows our frame and he remembers that we are dust. He removed our transgressions. He pities his children. In other words, he understands our weaknesses. He understands where we're coming from. He understands when people reject you and hurt you and do the things that they do. He understands the pain that you feel because his son face the same emotions. But how many of you are so glad we have a merciful, forgiving Father? So what should be our perspective of this? Here it is. Father God is precious. He is kind. You're created in his image and his likeness. He is slow to anger. He understands we are human beings and we struggle with the pain in life. When we go to God, it is a throne of grace and mercy. It is a throne of forgiveness. And we must recognize the life that we have, the power of that kingdom life is that there's great forgiveness that has been given to us. But sometimes we want grace, but sometimes we want to give out justice. You find that in the world today, every time you turn on the TV, justice! It'd be great if we turn on the TV, this world would be a better place. Mercy! Amen? Let me now begin to move into, and I'm sharing this, I did this with first service. Holy Spirit told me to do this. Because I've, I have been a speaker for 38 years, I, I know how to use my voice and express expressions of strength and softness and different things. And I'll do that a lot when I speak and I'll move in when I'm wanting to, to get you to understand something 
I will do a different, uh, they call it flexation with a voice, and I will do that so that it really pierces your, your mindset. Whatever you're going through, you're thinking about the football game, because there's a change, you'll hear it. I'm telling you, now I'm going to do that, and I'm going to show you the heart of God. I'm going to show you the kindness and the tender-hearted God in what he does in bringing healing to you, even though every one of us have struggled with unforgiveness. We're going to know the understanding of the meaning of forgiveness now. Forgiveness is permanently forgiving all debt and bringing the balance to zero, like the master did with the servant. What is that saying? You don't owe me anything. What is that saying? You don't even owe me an apology. They might have been rude and evil, but they don't even have to say sorry. You forgive. Because now you're beginning to understand why you forgive is because you've been forgiven. You begin to understand in a greater way why you forgive is because you're someone different. You are not dragged into someone else's stuff, into their ditch, but you are a child of God. You walk in victory, you are an overcomer. You don't have to follow after the world's mentality because you are full of the Holy Spirit. In forgiveness, it means there is no debt. They don't have to do a thing. The word forgive in the Greek, ephemai, means to send away, just to send it away. It has no, nothing it will not cause you to change. It will not cause you to do anything different, speak differently, whatever, think differently because you send it away that you have literally said the debt's paid. And they didn't do a thing except hurt you. Psalm 103 verse 12 says, as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. We said this before, there is a North Pole and a South Pole, but there is not an East Pole or West Pole. God sends it East and West, he forgets it. God has an ability you and I don't have. You know when you forgive? Oh, just forgive and forget it. You can't forget it. You don't have that, that ability unless God gives you a miracle and just removes that totally out of your mind. I'm sorry. When people say, just forgive and forget, you're not going to forget. But what you do is you become who God calls you to be in the situation. And let me show you what I mean in the next 15, 20 minutes. When God forgives, it means Jesus paid the price. You're 100% forgiven, and you don't have to pay it. But hear me, folks, someone has to pay the debt. Who paid the debt? When you forgive someone, you are saying, I am willing to pay the price. 
God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. He paid the price for you and me. We are forgiven people. We can say, you offended me, you hurt me, you rejected me. But I am willing to pay the price. I forgive you. Hang on to that, because some of you, your emotions are saying to you, uh, 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 no, I'm not going that far. If I go that far, I did that before. Remember Peter? How many times should we forgive the same thing? And we go in that same place. You see, that's what in, this, in the parable, the master forgave and the servant did not. So forgiveness is permanently forfeiting the right of reproach. Once you forgive, it's over with. So if they did it again, it's the first time again. Pastor, I'm not going that far. Yeah, you are, because you're going to understand this. You're going to realize this, and you're going to really perceive exactly the heart of God and how he has, he has absolutely blessed you with an ability to forgive because you, through your spirit, know this powerful forgiveness that God has given you. Forgiveness is permanently foregoing all expressions of private and public judgment. You know what that means? I'm not going to call you names, and I'm not going to talk about you. Now, here's what forgiveness doesn't mean. We touched on some of this last week, this area. But forgiveness doesn't mean I lose the right of self-protection. If someone is abusing you, get away from them. Forgiveness doesn't mean you let yourself be a target of further abuse. Let me just tell you this. I, I'm, I'm telling you a spiritual truth. There are people I choose not to be around. Because every time I'm around them, they just cause me pain. I have forgiven them, but they're abrasive, abusive. So I'm not going to put myself in that circumstance. Unless... The Holy Spirit says, I'm going to use you to help remove their pain. See, that is where we want to get, to where you and I become a vessel of the Lord to help other people get rid of their pain. You can't remove the pain but you can help them by standing there because in most instances, and this almost sounds like psychology, but I want you to understand this is spiritual. Because I'm not teaching psychology, study of man. I'm teaching you the study of God. That's a lot better when you know God. So in this reality, you have to understand that many people that give pain are living in pain. And many people, the way they react to you, they're not reacting to you. They're reacting to you of 20 years ago of something devastating that happened to them, an abuse that happened to them. And you begin to see past it, 
and have the heart of God. But there are times, you know, you, you go across Santa Anita, you better look both ways. Or you might be run over and killed. Well, the Lord will protect me. He doesn't protect stupidity. I'm being real with you. Okay, you with me? All right, so Jesus said in Matthew 10, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Serpents are wise because they don't present themselves. I, I do a lot of running, and a lot of times I go to Shabaran Park and I'll run. And sometimes I'll come across a rattler snake, a rattler. And, uh, you know, and they're, they're basically laying there getting warm. But in most cases, they don't present themselves. You know, you're starting to run, they hear you coming, oh, there comes that Klaus guy, hello, you know, they slither out. No, they don't. They don't present themselves. That's the point. Don't present yourself. I, I talk to some people all the time. They're out there, they're getting hurt over and over. Why are you getting hurt? It's because you're trying to get them to accept you. Listen, they're living in such pain, they can't accept anybody. Why are you getting beaten up? Love them for who they are, but don't get in the middle of the road when they're driving the car. Amen? Anybody learning anything here? You know, this is all in Scripture. It's what we're reading. It's all in Scripture. It's the best book to find out how to live life. If someone is continuing to hurt you, it's not wrong to protect yourself. That's what Scripture tells us. Forgiveness doesn't mean I have no basis of confrontation. Now, I don't use the word confront very often because I really don't confront people very often. I want to discuss things, but if I find out that they're not, they're not agreeable and they're just angry and all that, I'm, I'm going to stop. You know, you don't grab an angry dog by the ears. You're going to get bit. By the way, you know that's in Scripture too? Anyways, yeah, it is. So I have no, you know, forgiveness doesn't mean I have no basis of con confrontation. I can, can forgive you, but still confront you. But if I confront you and you don't receive it, I will still forgive you. My forgiveness is not based on how you react to me. There's been, there's been times I've been around people, you know, they say one thing and do another. I forgive them. But you know what? Um, I may at times go. Sometimes I just let them, Lord, they're yours. Let them, yeah, you take care of them. You're better at this than I am anyways. So, so what you do or say doesn't condition my forgiveness. Last week I had, you know, a few people, quite a few people come to me and say, well, what if, what if they don't receive your forgiveness? That's okay. That's not why you're forgiving. When you forgive, you forgive the debt. They don't owe you anything. They don't owe you an apology. They don't owe you to say, oh, let's be besties. Let's be best friends. No, there are some people I would never be best friends with them. Hang around them, I'll get hurt. Forgiveness doesn't mean this either. It doesn't mean there won't be punishment or consequences. I will forgive you, but you may be going to jail for what you did. Amen? I mean, that's a big problem out here. Oh, but if we, if we talk about it or if we call the cops, they're going to go to jail. Well, they deserve it. Amen. Amen. Oh, well, then you're not forgiving, Pastor. 
what? No, forgiveness is for you. But if people, you want them to do that to somebody else? Matter of fact, listen to this. Forgiveness doesn't mean I can't get legal or police protection. Oh, man, how many churches tell you, don't do that, that's not Christian. Really? Doesn't the Bible say obey the laws of the land? Really? Okay, yeah, it does. Romans chapter 14, read that. I may have to call the police. By the way, did you know that I am a mandatory reporter because of what I, my license and what I do? You come in my office on this church property, you come in my office and you tell me about an abuse, you tell me about a molestation, I have to report that to the cops. Pastor, you can't do that. Yeah, I can. And yeah, I will. Because if I don't, I go to jail. Why should I go to jail for your abuse? <laughs> Amen. Well, Jeremy, no one else will call for an appointment anymore. <laughs> but that's true. People get angry at me when I tell them that. So you know, I... Anyways, we get to a place in our life that we, we live and we we put in the corners of our, of our life unforgiveness, and then when we're praying, we're wondering why things don't change. God, where are you? I'm right here. But you're not forgiving. And we have to get to that place of understanding what is all this about, or what is my spirit See, that's where we have to get down to the basis. What is my spirit in every aspect of my life? Is it, you did that, and I'll do this. You do this. I mean, you listen on TV, politics, whatever. What you did, we'll do back. You know, that is hell showing itself. And that's why we, the church, pray for our nation. That's why we, the church, pray for one another because hell wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And how he deceives us is through unforgiveness. So what is our spirit? If my spirit is revenge or vindication, that's not God-like. Oh, I forgive them. <laughs> they got 20 years. Yes, I forgive them. That's vindication. I told you about uh, a gentleman who wasn't a licensed minister, who was in ministry and murdered his wife, and he got, he got uh, life in prison without parole. I was in the back of the courtroom as the judgment was there. I was in the jail talking with him. My assistant uh, was closer with him and spent more time with him and I wept, just wept. First of all, I lost a friend, his wife. But second of all, here's a guy who allowed, he was on medicines and stuff and created problems. He did what he did. Well, where's my spirit? Okay, life without parole, good for him. Broke my heart. We had two of his kids living with us for quite a few months until the grandpas and could get their stuff together to be able to take care of them. 
you know, people sometimes will, will look at Terry and I and think, you know, because I'd just ra- rather wear cowboy boots and jeans and button-down shirt, you know, hang out. Because I wear a suit, or I wear a tie, there's something, ooh, you know. I'm just Gary. And the reality is that, that I love people, and it breaks my heart. If my spirit is to glorify God, listen very closely. If my spirit is to glorify God and to do the biblical righteous thing, that is how I forgive. That's how you forgive. In a minute or so, we are going to see a testimony of a young lady. And this young lady I know personally. And she gave a testimony at her church of what took place with her and what happened uh, to her and the journey that she took to remove unforgiveness because unforgiveness was destroying her life. Even though one of the most evil things happened to her, she learned what it meant to forgive. She couldn't forget, but she forgave. Please watch. On a Friday night, I was just coming home from work, was uh, home by myself, and started getting ready for bed. I was taking a shower, and I heard um, just some noise. It was through my window in my bedroom. I turned off the water, and um, when I came back up, on the left side, there was this strange man just standing right next to me. He was there to, uh, to rape me, to sexually assault me. And I just had just this moment of panic, and um, I was scared to death. I wanted to see if I could maybe convince him to stop. It's my first time. I don't know what I'm doing. I just kept saying that and saying that, hoping that he would stop. And um, he didn't. It happened, and worst, um, worst moment of my life. He left, immediately called my roommate um, in panic and just said, you need to call 911 because I can't do it. About a couple weeks later, the um, police called me and said um, that they had, they had somebody in custody and to come in, I saw his face. And that was the first time since that night that I had even seen a picture of him. The monster that I had in my head wasn't what I was seeing right in front of me. He decided to plead guilty for the rape. I became more hateful towards him because now I was seeing the product of what he had done. After the rape, I considered myself damaged, unworthy of a man's love in the future, just a sad person. All the precious things that I had held for so long in my life, he took that all from me, and I just started to see my future just going up in flames. I couldn't be whole again. It frustrated me um, that he could have such a hold on my life and how I felt. Why me? Why did I have to go through this? 
it was such a weight on my shoulders and I just fell apart. I needed to do something because I knew that forgiveness needed to happen. It seemed so daunting and it seemed so heart-wrenching. What I was walking through, I just thought maybe I would get an out. Like, I don't have to forgive this guy. He's done the worst of the worst. I had just never thought of forgiveness as a benefit to me. It's really hard to know the extent of what God does for us through forgiving us um, until you go through something like this. It's, it just changes your thought on what forgiveness looks like. God has been softening my heart since that day. And even through my breakdowns, even in my times where I just yell at Him and just get mad at Him, what He's allowed in my life. And He's still bigger than all of that. He has been with me this entire way. I'm letting Him heal every part of me that was broken that night. I feel joy. I feel incredible love when I shouldn't. And that is total surrender. And I have to do it every single day. Christ forgave me of my sins. If He can do that, I can do that for one man. And that is enough to stand on. That broke my heart. With all our emotion and hurt and frustration, how do I forgive? That's the question. You forgive from your heart. How do we forgive from our heart? I'm glad you asked because I'm going to show you how. First of all, we must remember that our sins cost Jesus his life. Did you hear what she said? Until she realized what she was forgiven of, she couldn't forgive. The Romans didn't kill Jesus. The Jews didn't kill Jesus either. You and I killed Jesus. Our sins were laid upon him. That's the reason why he was killed. We can blame the Jewish leaders. We can blame all the different, but it was our sin. All sins of pre past, present, and future. I told the congregation the first service that I haven't told anyone outside family, but when I got saved... I saw a vision of Jesus' feet nailed to the cross, just his feet. And I, when I got, it was the very moment I got saved. I, it wasn't, and I tell people, you know, now when I got saved, it, I wasn't in a trance, but it was like two hours. I received the Lord, and I was there just praying, baptized in the Holy Spirit. I just just was praying. And for two hours, and all of what past stuff in me just was washed away. I could feel that very thing. And the calling of God came upon me during that time. But when he showed me the vision of the feet on the cross, I thought, you know, oh, you're telling me to wash people's feet, to be a servant, because I understood the call of God in my life. I mean, we're talking about, I'm in the process of a, of a professional contract for baseball, all the different things, talking about that, all this, and now I, I get saved, and uh, now the Lord says, I've called you into the ministry, 
and you were going to be going to Bible college. So all of these dreams of my childhood, everything, all balled up in, in one thing, and he said, he said, I've called you. And that's why I thought, you know, wash people's feet, be a servant, give to people, all that. And he says, no. He says, what I'm showing you is you put me there. And I went there because I love you. I put him there, and Jesus loves me. Do you not understand why every single, I'm going to say it this way, cotton-picking time that I have a service, I want to pray for the sick? Because I saw the power of God. I saw the very essence of God's love, and I saw the very aspect of the healing power of God. Some of us are devastated, hurt. Maybe some of you in here have gone through what she went through. Maybe some of you have been rejected and people have, have done things and maybe abuse and fathers or mother, whatever it may be, school teacher, whatever it is, and it has devastated you, you kept it quiet. I'm not talking about talking to me or anybody. I'm talking to you about talking to God and saying, God, help me to forgive so I can live and experience a joy greater than I've ever had before. That's what your salvation is about. Jesus suffered for your sins and attitudes. You and I killed the most righteous man in the history of the world. You and I according to attitudes, deserve judgment for it. But God in his mercy has forgiven you. Again, here it is again. Here's the enemy. Pastor, you don't know what they did to me. Do you know what you did to Jesus? You stripped him naked in the marketplace. You put a crown of thorns on his head. You whipped him, and you pulled the flesh off of his back. You slapped him. You spit on him. You pulled his beard off. You plucked it off. You crucified him. We did that. We need to make it personal. You know how to forgive? Make it personal of what you were forgiven of. So what she said, the day that I got delivered from this bitterness and feeling like I'm nothing was the day I realized that Jesus died for my sins. It's not a cliche. Let me tell you, it's real. That's why when I go to Israel, I'm walking the same ground that my God walked on. Let me close by reading this to you again. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven Therefore, let me tell you, the kingdom of heaven 
is like that, that there is zero tolerance of unforgiveness. It's like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. When he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But as, as he was not able to pay $3 billion, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had, and that payment be made because that was the rules and the law. The servant therefore fell down before him, saying, Master, have patience with me, and I will pay you all. Then the master of that servant was moved with compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him $20,000, and he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you all. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he had called him, said to him, You wicked ding-dong. I mean, servant, I forgave you all that debt because you begged me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? Shouldn't you forgive? Because do you not realize what I forgave for you? You were sentenced to hell. And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. He couldn't pay it. How do you pay $3 billion when you're in prison? He couldn't pay it. So what he was tortured by, we talked about, he was tortured by the emotions. You heard her. You heard her. She said, I was spiraling down into death. And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers till he should pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly Father also will do to you, if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Victory, overcoming life, is there. Forgiveness is the ingredient of an everyday life that you have. It's an ingredient. You do it. Life doesn't taste good unless you forgive. Your meal of the day, every single day, will not taste good because it doesn't have the ingredient of forgiveness. So what does that mean? Forgive. You're going to have to listen to this over and over and over to catch all the wisdom aspects of forgiveness. Let's all stand.